I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Beyonce, you look like Luther Vandross. Oh, but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Can't stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clownery, the clown comes back I to bite. I ain't gonna sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. Y'all not gonna get we no sleep because of me. But I ain't gonna go. I don't know what you're Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue, a weekly podcast that revisits formative people, songs, shows, beautiful gowns, and other moments in pop culture that we still think about. Each week, we're going to go back to the past and revisit unforgettable moments that we all think we remember, and we're going to learn what they can teach us about where we are collectively today as a people right now at this moment. This week, what the hell is Blue-Eyed Soul? A damnation is what it is. can't discredit a white artist for being dope. Why is it genius when they do it? Listen to Kenny Lattimore's latest record, and it's like, wow, that's dope. But if it was a white cat who came out with that record, he'd be at the Grammy. They want R&B, but they don't want it from us. Justin Timberlake. There's plenty of black dudes that dance better than him, singing better than him. Why they're not at the same pay scale or level? Because it's easier to sell whiteness in white America. I'm Trace Clayton. And I'm Josh Quinn. So Tracy. Mm-hmm. This week, I really want to get into like what Blue Eye Soul is. I have no objections because I have some questions and quandaries myself. You know who I think we should bring on? Homest. Ashley Seaford. She's perfect for this. She is a Yacht Rock expert. Yacht Rock and Blue Eyed Soul are kind of like cousins, I think. I'm not sure. We should ask her. If anybody has a family tree of Yacht Rock, <laughs> it's Ashley Ford. But before we get into that, I have a question for you. What's up? So you know who Bobby Caldwell is, right? Mm-hmm. For our listeners who may not know, he sang that song, What You Won't Do For Love. What you won't do, do for love. This is my part. You tried everything. <laughs> right. So that's who Bobby Caldwell is. And on that note. <laughs> he says thang. He does say thang. And that's why when everybody found out he was white, they was like, what just happened to my world? Do you remember where you were when you found out that Bobby Caldwell was not an old black man from like Mississippi or something? I do. I was on the hellscape that is Twitter.com. Bad idea. And I saw this white man and it said Bobby Caldwell above him. (laughs) And I was like... What a weird catfish. Yeah, like, that's weird. <laughs> like, why would this white man pretend to be Bobby Caldwell, who has the song that we play at every fucking cookout that's ever existed? Not only that, but why does this white man have a ponytail? Like, he <laughs> clearly can't be Bobby Caldwell. And then <laughs> I saw a live performance, and he is singing down in his little suit. Uh-huh. And I felt like everything that I had ever learned was a lie. I don't think people understand the importance of this fact. And so I tweeted, did y'all know Bobby Caldwell was white? And he saw the tweet. Bobby saw it? Yeah, he was like, I am? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. Oh, so he's in on the joke, too. You know Tom Hanks is black, so I mean, who knows? 
you know that thing that happens when you hear somebody's voice and your brain paints this picture of what they look like and then you see them and you realize that they're not the race that you thought that they were going to be? Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and of course, I know that that's like really problematic and it's like probably something I shouldn't be doing. Yes, you should not do that. You can't tell someone's race based on what they sound like. Mm-hmm. We know that. But still, we all do it. It happens. Yeah. So, we went to Back Issue Labs. We have a laboratory. Hey, I just found that out. Woo. Back Issue Laboratory. Perdone me, we have a <laughs> laboratory. It's so classy and also scientific. So we went to this laboratory and we completed a non-scientific, scientific study to figure out if people could guess someone's race by hearing their singing voice. We know that these internet streets can be hot sometimes. So we allowed the participants to disguise their voice in order to get to the truth. What What is is the the truth? truth? (laughs) (laughs) We harmonized it, it was lovely. You've been brought here today to participate in a non-scientific scientific study. Your voice will be modified to protect your identity so that you can feel comfortable to answer honestly and fully. Do you agree to participate? I agree. I agree to participate. I agree and consent to participate. We at Back Issue Laboratory are doing a study on the sonics of soul music and the people who perform it. We want to know if you can tell if someone is white or black by the sound of their singing voice. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Already, I'm sweating. I'm like officially sweating. Okay. Here's your first round of testing. DJ, hit it. Mm, I've heard this song before. That flourish was a little weak, but I think it's a black woman. Okay, I think that's a black woman. Those harmonies just sounded like really tight. I don't know. I think it's a black woman. (laughs) That is in fact a white woman called Lisa Stansfield. Oh, wow. I'm going to walk into traffic. What on earth? What does this mean? (laughs) You better really disguise my voice. Ready for round two? DJ, run it back. not a black person singing this song was definitely produced by a black person you cannot deny those like gospel overtures i'm gonna go ahead and say the singer is black black man isn't that zombie is that my baby (laughs) oh he's a white man (laughs) that sounded like tony braxton is that tony braxton girl no that's not tony braxton who was it that is actually a white gentleman by the name of john b (laughs) there's no are you serious Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, that's not a boy. No, it's not. Play that again. Maybe love oh my god. Here's what's crazy though, like, it's like sort of like the dress where like now that you've identified that it's a white boy, now I hear it. <laughs> In psycho! Okay, ripping me out. And now, our second to last round of testing. It's gonna happen! Happen sometime! Maybe this time I will! 
song sounds really old fashioned. Is this Liza Minnelli? Oh my god, okay. That sounded like a white woman to me. The thinness of the voice sounded like a white woman. Is there any chance in hell that I'm right? <laughs> I feel like that is a black woman. It has to be a black woman because, I don't know, there's something about like the, the deepness of it. Okay, like you know how Beyonce also know how to drop it in an octave and sound a bit masculine when she wants to? I don't believe white women know how to do that as well as us. So I'm gonna I'm say black woman. Yep, I'm gonna go with that. That is Audra McDonald, noted black woman, in fact. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so mad. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, that's a really hard one. I'm gooped and gagged. And here's our last test. Don't fuck it up. No pressure though. Everybody on an old jet plane crossing their fingers and toes. Okay, I... Mostly was trying to identify if I thought it was a man or a woman. I feel for some reason that it's a white man, but at this point, I'm so shook. I just feel like it has that kind of like syrupy, like white country rock twang to it. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's sort of what it's communicating to me, a mere peasant. That person has a Tracy Chapman style voice where it's like, I can't really tell the gender of it. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that was a black woman. Oh, that's a white man. I don't remember his name or his face or whatever, but that's a white man. Cause he's on like the soundtrack for every other like white rom-com that I love. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is he white? In fact, that is Ray Lamonte. 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 Lamontany. Lamontane. Lagamonte. Lamonte Jean. The man's name is Ray Lamonte. Lamonte. Lamontagny. He's white. Shit. Oh, thank, literally, thank God. Literally, God is in this room. Thank you for that. <laughs> so we just have a couple of follow-up questions now that the study is complete. What were you listening for while making decisions on whether or not these singers were black or white? I want to say, like, the verbiage that was used and the pronunciation, because even when you sing it or rap it or whatever, I feel like different cultures, black and white, do tend to pronounce things a little differently or, like, enunciate and put, like, a special emphasis on a part of the word. So I think that's what I was really looking for. What I thought would help me differentiate between black vocals and white vocals was I guess like there's like a thinness to white vocals and like a depth to like black vocals, like in my head. I found myself listening for like the strength of the vocals and coding that black. It's kind of weird that a song could sound so of a tradition and yet the person who represents it and who gets credit for it on all the billboard charts and stuff is like a white person. Okay, that's all we got for you today. Make sure you signed your release. Don't steal anything on the way out. This recording will self-destruct to protect your identities in three. Self-destruct? Two. Oh, shit, I gotta go. One. Goodbye. Get out! There's this long history of white artists entering black genres. Like, I remember when I first moved to New York, I went and saw this movie called 20 Feet from Stardom. Mm. And it was about how all of these white artists use black background singers to capture a black sound. Every single Christmas, I get so annoyed when whoever the new boring white singer of the moment is, James Blunt or whoever, <laughs> brings out the fucking gospel choir. Mm. Every time Madonna loves a gospel choir, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what are their names? You know, can I know who they are? Yeah. They're not just shadows. I feel like I'm 
I feel like this is turned into spoken word. <laughs> they are not your shadows, though they are black. <laughs> and behind you, they are people with voices just like you. Freedom. <laughs> but there's been a long history of white artists entering black genres that they were like locked into mm-hmm. and weren't really given the freedom to experiment themselves out of. Also a history of black people welcoming certain artists into mm. their ranks while keeping other ones out like, mm, nah, not this one. You got to go. Yeah, we're going to definitely get into that today. Mm-hmm. But first, maybe we should do a little quick timeline of where the phrase blue-eyed soul came from and what it's come to mean. Yeah, because I don't know like who the first person to say blue-eyed soul was. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let's do it. Picture it, 1960s. You got, I don't know, what happens in the 60s? Oppression. <laughs> <laughs> Too relevant. Yeah, it was too close. Too soon. It's still going on. Uh, <laughs> I got sad. Um. I know. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. So it's the 60s, right? Yes. And you have a black radio DJ named Georgie Woods who's credited with coining the phrase blue-eyed soul. And he was using it to describe a specific band called the Righteous Brothers. Oh, my. Okay, vocals. I don't know why I turned into the lead singer Creed, but sometimes <laughs> you gotta go where the spirit where it takes you. I um, like the Righteous Brothers. Yeah, but he was using it as a way to describe white artists who were getting played on primarily black stations. Hmm. And then by the seventies, it's on and popping now. Like there's <laughs> white artists entering all these different black spaces. Uh-huh. In 1972, you got Dennis Coffee. He was the first white artist to ever play Soul Train. Dennis Coffee, the Detroit guitar band, and Scorpio. Huh. I never, ever sat and considered who the white was to integrate Soul Train. Happy White History Month, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's interesting, if you watch the video of the Soul Train performance, Dennis Coffey is absent. It's an instrumental, so there are no vocals. Uh-huh. All you see are the Soul Train dancers. So they're all getting it. You don't see a white face attributed to the music. So then did he actually appear on Soul Train? Did nobody see him? Don Cornelius says his name mm. and his song plays while they dance. Hmm. We'll leave that up to you, listeners. <laughs> Elton John would go on to do Soul Train in 1975, three years later. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Black folk love dancing Elton John. Next in the Blue-Eyed Soul timeline in my head, transitioning out of Soul Train, you got Bobby Caldwell and What You Won't Do for love in 1978. Who's always gonna tell you what you are not gonna do? <laughs> Black people. <laughs> the signs right there. We were set up. We were set up not to know. And again, his face is absent from his album art. Oh, slick. Right. Uh-huh. It feels as though they're trying to take that choice away from black consumers, right? Like, they don't want them to have to mentally deal with, like, the fact that there's a white artist entering this black space. They just want you to listen to the words, mm-hmm. listen to the song, and bump it if it's good, I guess. Right. Do a slap. 
If it do, then go ahead. There were a lot of other musical forces that were happening at the end of the 70s and the early 80s, right? You got the rise of smooth jazz. You start to see shifts in R&B. Yes. And then you have like this thing called Yacht Rock that was blowing up. Hauling Oats. Which I have never understood. Also, can I can I just say, everybody that I know loves them some Hauling Oats. And I've heard several black people put them in the same category. Like, I thought that they were black, too. Mm-hmm. I just want to officially say no. They don't sound black. They just sound like white boys with rhythm. If this were a non-scientific scientific experiment and you played hollow notes, even Sarah Smile, which I say is their number one bop and banger, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, sound good, but they white. <laughs> I'm just saying. Noted. That's what I'm saying. That's it. <laughs> I also, I don't know if this is a safe enough space for this part, but. Of course it's a safe enough space. I'm actually nervous to say this. I might feel the same way about Tina Marie. I've heard a boatload of other ladies rap, but they ain't got nothing on me. I'm lifting five foot one, a hundred pounds a foot. I like sophisticated funk. I live on dog, her young heavy, I feel him in young, and you can best believe that's bold. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm just been like a white girl with seasoning. And that's fine. Come on, that's white fine. girl with seasoning. <laughs> Some white people got seasonings. It's okay. <sighs> <laughs> but at this time, there are a lot of white boys with seasoning that are popping up <laughs> all over the place. They come up with this new genre of music that actually didn't get coined until like 2005. Uh-huh. It has come to be known as Yacht Rock. And you have bands like Steely Dan, you have Michael McDonald, you have Kenny Loggins, and mm. they're all experimenting with all of these different sounds that are super new and fresh and black, honestly. So I heard the term Yacht Rock before I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And I pictured the target audience as like rich old white men who own yachts. And like they wear like a polo shirt with their sweaters like tied around their shoulders mm -hmm. and boat shoes, never any socks, not a sock to be found <laughs> anywhere. And I feel like the kind of music that such people would listen to doesn't match with the way that Yacht Rock sounds. Why? The way it sounds sounds too cool for the people on yachts to be into. I would counter. Hmm. What is more upper class, rich, white than wanting to sound black? Wow. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> that is deep right there. You just, you just blew my mind. It's over. I think we should dive a little bit deeper, though. Okay. I have the perfect person to be our lifeguard as we wade out through the waters of Yacht Rock. Ashley Seaford. Yes. She's a Yacht Rock expert. She's always talking about Michael McDonald. She's always talking about Kenny Loggins. She's a writer, a host, a podcaster. She even had an underwear campaign one time. That's not really relevant, but it's a flex. <laughs> and so we called her to find out about her specific love of the genre and a super fun game that you will not want to miss. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. 
I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So, I don't want to alarm anybody, but I genuinely have no idea what Yacht Rock is. I don't know. I honestly thought it was a bunch of white dudes on yachts rocking out. That's close. Really? Yeah, you're you're in the vicinity. Before we get to Yacht Rock, what is your definition of blue-eyed soul? And then how do we get from blue-eyed soul to Yacht Rock? Blue-eyed soul is part of all these other genres. It's, it's soft rock. It's sometimes considered classical rock, dad rock. Yeah. Blue-eyed soul is particularly white. Mm. You gotta like have access to the blue eyes in the majority. From blue-eyed soul to yacht rock is actually a pretty neat line because blue-eyed soul is honestly just yacht rock with white men who are better at not sounding like white men. Mm. That's pretty much all it is. Wait, 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 wait. So it's Yacht Rock with white men who are better at sounding less white. Did I say it right? Yes. Okay. This is not technical, Uh huh. but in my heart, that's how that works. Because you got to think about it. Like the difference between like even like Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald is a Yacht Rock guy mm -hmm. who became a Blue-Eyed Soul guy. So that means he progressively sounded less white? Yes. Think about the like the Doobie Brothers like taking it to the streets. Taking it uh -huh. to the streets. Taking, taking it, it to, to the, the streets. streets. Right? Versus, <laughs> I keep forgetting we're not in hey. love anymore. See, you know? That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. It's the difference between like cinnamon toast mm. and a cinnamon roll. Okay. Okay? With Yacht Rock, that's cinnamon toast. That's just a piece of white bread mm. with some butter and some sugar and some cinnamon. Like, that's it. Mm. But a cinnamon roll requires the cinnamon. Mm. You gotta have that in there, and it's gooey, and it's particular, and it takes longer to make, and it's not just smeared on top, it's baked into it. It's integral. It's like part of it. Yes. And that's more like blue-eyed soul. Mm. That was beautiful. It's so beautiful that I was going to interrupt because I actually do not like cinnamon rolls, but I love cinnamon toast. <laughs> so I was like, I can't relate to this part. Can we switch up the metaphor? But then you, you stuck the landing. Okay. You understand. Okay. You get what that's I'm it. saying. I smell what you're cooking. You smell what I'm cooking. <laughs> so when did you discover your love for Yacht Rock? Oh, man. Seventh grade. I had a really hard time sleeping. And there was always a point in the day when I would just crash. 
And that was usually in the class of my teacher, Mr. Martin, who was like my computer teacher. So we did not get along because I was always <laughs> falling asleep in his class. And one day he kept me after class and was like, why are you falling asleep in my class? Like, what's going on? And I told him, because I don't sleep. Mm. <laughs> I stay woke. From an <laughs> early age, okay? I've been on. <laughs> but yeah, he was like, why don't you sleep? And I told him, I'm, you know, I have insomnia. And also, I had like a big fear of the dark, which came from a lot, like a lot of early viewing and no censorship of horror movies in mm. my home. <laughs> like I watched Candyman when I was like seven, nope. which no. was a mistake. <laughs> I haven't seen Candyman. I refuse. It was a mistake. I mean, I love the movie, but it was definitely a mistake to watch that at seven. And so I just had a hard time sleeping. And I told him, you know, like I have a fear of the dark and all this other stuff. And he brought me this tape that he and his wife used with his daughter, who had also had a really hard time sleeping and being afraid of the dark. And it was a tape of lullabies called Return to Pooh Corner by Kenny Loggins. And I started playing that tape every night to help me sleep. And I liked it. And I asked him if he had any other music by Kenny Loggins. And he had like the, this greatest hit CD. Aww. So then I started playing this greatest hit CD of Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> and then I noticed, you know, there was this particular radio station that sometimes played Kenny Loggins songs. And it was 97.3, the soft rock station. That was what sent me over the edge. I'd be up late at night you know, with my little insomniac ass and listening to Delilah <laughs> on the radio and listening to Christopher Cross and <laughs> James Ingram and Michael McDonald and all of those people. And I just never got over it. And I think as I got older, you know, I also went to a really, really, really black school. Mm -hmm. And my peers were not necessarily familiar with like, they wouldn't have known who like Kitty Loggins was or anything like that. Not just because they were black, but also because this was 2002. Uh, <laughs> but they could get with it. Like, you know, we all knew Danger Zone. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we all knew like the Footloose song. Mm -hmm. Like we had seen that movie on TNT like five million times. Mm -hmm. Right. So right. there was just like this access point and it was something that gave me a lot of comfort. And plus I just like listened to it. Like, I don't know what, I, I really enjoy it genuinely. I love that you're like asking your teacher for like Yacht Rock <laughs> mixtapes. Oh yeah. Say man, you got any more of that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Kenny Loggins. You got that new hardware. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got any more of that Kenny Loggins stuff? Uh, the, la the last one really slapped. What was it? Uh, Leap of Faith? <laughs> yeah. Just like, and it just, it expanded. And I don't know what it is about Kenny Loggins in particular. Something about his voice, something about the music that he's chosen to make over the years. And, you know, I interviewed Kenny Loggins one time. The interview never came out what? because I couldn't write it. I got too emotional, literally, and, like, couldn't write. Like, was having, like, a breakdown every time I tried to write really? it. Really? Yes. And my editor was like, you know, I really just had you do this interview because I wanted that for you. You don't have to write this. <laughs> like, like you editor. don't have to do it. And I was like, okay. 
and it was really, really kind. But in that conversation that I had with Kenny, one of the things I said to him was like, you know, is it weird for you to be talking to somebody who considers themselves like a super fan and have that be, you know, a young black woman in her 20s? You know, mm. that's what I was at the time. And he said, you know, actually, I've always done well with black people. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, so he knows. Right. And I was like, damn. Because I didn't know any yeah. <laughs> until I got on the internet. Why do you think that black folks like have like this soft spot in their heart for Yacht Rock? Because it's so obviously derivative of soul music. Mm. And I think also there is something about Yacht Rock and this is, you know, <laughs> and it's meant to be this way that's supposed to give you like this weird, free almost nautical feel like mm-hmm. you're just like out on the sea is that where the yacht in yacht rock comes from i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i've always thought it was because of the christopher cross song sailing that would make sense <laughs> which was a huge breakthrough onto the other side of like the idea of yacht rock and like what yacht rock sounds like like sailing it is a perfect yacht rock song that is a song i'm not familiar with would you be open to humming a few bars yeah so it's like well it's not too far to paradise or at least it's not for me and if the wind is right you can sail away and find tranquility yeah i think that's it you know who did a cover of it avant really really avant (laughs) did a cover of it i'm not kidding you can tell the way find tranquility oh wow i'm not kidding this happens a lot that r&b singers do covers of yacht rock songs Mm -hmm. because they're so transferable because of that soul piece and because of like they're on the spectrum of soul one of my favorite things is when yacht rock gets sampled into hip-hop yes i love warren g's regulate Yes. Hey. Yes. <laughs> or like woman to woman becoming like California love. Yes. There's also like Toto who did Georgie Porgy. And then MC Light sampled it. And then Faith Evans and Eric Benet have a version of it that just makes me think of 106 and Park and like BET in yes. that era. Yes. It's not your situation. Oh. I just got that situation over you. Over you. Yeah. Just, just a moment. You know what? One of my favorite Yacht Rock remix of a song there was a uh, an album that was made in like the '90s, I think. That was like a compilation album of like, <laughs> of like singers redoing songs for West Side Story, and Michael McDonald, James Ingram, and I think the lead singer of the band Ambrosia <laughs> <laughs> did the song Maria. I just kissed a girl named Maria. 
the fact that they did a weird Yacht Rock remake of Maria is one of the most gorgeous things I've ever experienced. I know at the beginning of quarantine, when Outside closed, my mind immediately went to the music video for Michael McDonald and Patti LaBelle. Yes! Singing on my own. I'm on my own. Yes! This yes. how it was supposed to be. Losing you, it cuts like a knife. Yes! Yes! <laughs> the thing. Come on, Michael McDonald. And that was my shit. Oh my gosh. So, picking up off of your amazing Michael McDonald impression, <laughs> I wanted to know if you wanted to play a game. Yeah, I'll play a game. Okay. We're calling it the Wheel of Musical Reparations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to hear Michael McDonald do some <laughs> of our favorite black classics. Classics. This is going to be hard. The thing about Michael McDonald singing is that you have to sing and yawn at the same time. <laughs> Are you ready? You got Michael McDonald all channeled and ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Tyrone by Erica oh, Badu. Shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be so (laughs) unfortunate and disrespectful. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, I'm getting tired of your shit. Ah! You don't never buy me nothing. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) See, every time you come over, you got to bring Jim. (laughs) James, <laughs> Paul, and Tyrone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come through. Yes. It sounds so good. Wow. Wow. That was impressive. Oh, my God. That was impressive. The ancestors are never going to let me into heaven. Never. <laughs> Ever. These Ever. These are white people in heaven. They're going to be like, we remember what you did. Have <laughs> <laughs> y'all, wait, have y'all seen that dude on TikTok? It's going to be like, we ain't forgot. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I forgot about what you did to Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you was up. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, shall we do another? All right. Let's do the okay. second one. Let's do the second one. Let's do the second one. Okay. All right. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Monster by Nicki Minaj. Oh, Nicki Minaj yeah. versus Monster. No. <laughs> no. Surely Michael McDonald is too pure to know any Nicki Minaj songs. Okay. Okay, hold on. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, first things first, I'll eat your brains. Then I'm a star smoker, gold teeth and trains. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. Hairdresser from Milan, that's the monster, monster do. do. Monster Giuseppe Hill, that's the monster shoe. Young money is the monster crew. And I'm all up, all up, all up in the bank with the funny face, and I ain't fake. I can't believe I'm not drunk right now. I cannot believe. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, we have to do one more. Okay. One more. Okay. Bop, the baby. Da baby. Hey. We understand that you are a big fan of the baby. I'm a huge, 
huge fan of the baby. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, the baby, forgive me. <laughs> I needed some shit with some bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blood in my mouth. Watched the swerve and that whip had a cop in it. My bitch got the pussy for her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. Hey. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shits. I'm a hot nigga. Hot. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. oh my god. I don't know if I'll ever be the oh same. My god. Oh lord. I'm I never gonna never make the route 100. I'll ever be the same. Oh. <laughs> I just oh. heard Michael McDonald say, I'm a hot nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how much I needed it. <laughs> but oh. I really did. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Oh my Ashley, god. you are a weird little something, and I'm so <laughs> glad that you are. <laughs> Joshua Louise. <laughs> we have now come to that part of the party where we try to make Tyra Banks proud and learn something from this. Did we learn something from this? I think I did learn something from this. One, I've never seen Ashley Ford and Michael McDonald in the same room at the same time. I feel like that's mm-hmm. important to note. I've been trying to tell y'all she's an old white dude. Y'all just <laughs> won't listen to me. I'm like, trust me, I know. Yeah. What about you? Did you learn anything? I did. I learned that blue-eyed soul is a marketing term. And I just assumed that it was a colloquialism that a very creative black person made up in a juke joint. Is that where people partied? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on, Sugar Avery. You know? (laughs) Blue-eyed soul (laughs) in the juke joint. But I think it's interesting. And I think that when you commercialize it like that, like, what if we had kinky-haired country, huh? You know what? Huh? Yes. Can we do that? Y'all I man? love it. Is it the same thing? Does it go the same way? One of my really good friends, his name is Rod, he has this test that I call Rod's Theory of Energy Exertion. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like real scientifical, right? It sounds like something that everybody needs immediately. Okay, so Rod's Theory of Energy Exertion is two questions. When we're talking about how to feel about something. And the test goes like this. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first question you should ask yourself, Mm -hmm. is it good? Mm, And if the answer is yes? Then we can have a conversation about whether it's problematic. And if the answer is no. Why am I wasting my energy? I feel like that alone can add years to the average person's lifespan. Exactly. And so within a lot of genres that have been historically occupied by Black people, this has kind of been an unspoken rule anyway. Black audiences are able to sniff out whether something is good and authentic. There are times where people sneak up and like everybody has to listen to Vanilla Ice for six months or something. But (laughs) most of the time, I think we are able to like look at someone and look at their art and listen to it and be like, you know, like they spent time studying that or they can really sing like or they can really dance. Yeah. Sometimes you come across a white person that makes a bomb potato salad, usually in the South, not in New York City. Let me tell you what. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm left with is the question as to whether other genres 
undergo that test. Mm. Like whether black artists are given the same sort of fluidity, what you were saying in terms of kinky country, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Look what happened with Lil Nas X. Exactly. He did country and white people lost their shit as if we did not invent country. Right. Like it was just ridiculous. And I haven't heard it yet, but I am going to listen to K. Michelle's country album unironically with open ears because I bet it's good. I bet it's good. I wonder what kind of pushback she's gotten. She's went to school on a yodeling scholarship, I think. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, like there's a video of her online and she's yodeling all over the place and sounds amazing. Wow. A yodeling scholarship, though? They give scholarships for you. Is there like a yodelers association that she was in? Is it like a yodeling sorority? Do they have a step team? Shut up, Tracy. (laughs) And so I guess what I'm left with is if it's okay for white artists to dibble and dabble and experiment, it should be okay for black artists too. Hard agree. It should be. Probably won't be for a while because racism, which is so sad. Right. But this is one of many reasons why Beyonce is so important. The image of her in like traditional, oh, I can't say this word, rural, rural, the opposite of urban. (laughs) How you say that? Rural. Well, how come you can do it? (laughs) (laughs) I would get it one day. I'm not going to get it anyway. But like the image of like a black woman in all of these traditionally country, like white country settings, Mm. it's such a disruption because as it stands, like whenever you see like these like little quizzes and stuff, right? I ain't about to say no names. Shut up, websites. (laughs) But you see these quizzes and it's just like, how Southern are you? And I'm just like, I guarantee you that my Southern markers are not in this quiz. And guess what? They never work. Yeah. So we're already erased anyway. And then here come Beyonce on a horse, Mm. cowboy boots, cowboy hat, singing about your Second Amendment and rifles and sitting in weeping willow trees Mm and chewing chow and shucking corn. and (laughs) Yeah. And that song was written by a black woman, too. Diana Gordon, formerly known as Winter Gordon. Exactly. And so even if there was no song to go along with that visual, Mm -hmm. it's already just her saying, like, we been here. We built the palace, actually, and we ought to be able to be here, too. It's so messed up. See, if y'all relax a little bit, we could come full force into all y'all's little mosh pits or whatever, <laughs> put some seasoning on it, turn it out. Everybody would have a better time. I agree. But no, y'all got to be mad at Miller Nas X because he sang a country song. It's crazy that it feels like a disruption because historically it's not a disruption. It's a reclamation, right? Mm, yes, there you go. But socially, it feels like a disruption. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the lack of flexibility that we have when we're artists and we're experimenting out of genres that people expect us to. And since white people have controlled everything for so long, like we're more forgiving and accepting of music and like genres that are like outside of our cultural creation, Mm -hmm. right? Because we know that like, all right, here's a new music channel. If I want to watch it and be entertained, I guess I got to learn how to like Guns N' Roses. (laughs) And so we do, you know? Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. This show is created and hosted by Tracy Clayton. And Josh Gwynn. Our lead producers are Josh Gwynn and Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is John Asante. Our senior editor is Leela Day. Special thanks to Gabrielle Young. Our associate producer is Alexis Moore. Our executive producers are Jenna Weisberman and Max Linsky. <laughs>
This show features music made by Don Will. You can follow him on all of the things at DJ Don Will. And you can follow me, Tracy, at Broken McPoverty and send me a dollar while you're at it. <laughs> and you can follow me, Josh, at Regarding Josh on all the things. Subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. Tell a friend. Tell your enemy. Rate and review. You know. See you next week. Bye. To freedom.